Got a room full of people ready to laugh. There's always one Muslim in the front just holding it in. He was like this for 45 minutes. It becomes a personal thing. Like, now I got to make this guy laugh. He's not laughing. Brothers and sisters, I finally got this guy to laugh. You know what it felt like? You know what? It felt like if I didn't make him laugh or I did, he was going to break his wudu. He starts laughing. It sounds like a car trying to pop the clutch. He couldn't even make a laugh. It was like this. <laughs> I was like, you know, maybe some people don't need to laugh. And I also want to give a shout out uh, to all my brothers and sisters. I want to give a shout out, of course, to my main man, Ma'am Kazwini. You guys don't know what a beautiful guy this is. The first time I met this man was in Boca Raton, Florida. I, I booked my flight. It was the wrong airport. They had to pick me up and drive me 60 miles to Boca Raton. And he was so serious. He was like the, he was like the Shia Godfather. He was like, mm, yes, mm, yes. Now the funniest part, right? We had a protest. We had people protesting the conference that he was doing. And he was like, be gentle with the protest. This is how beautiful it is. Be gentle with the protesters. I had to go peek and see who was protesting this beautiful man. The protesters, brothers and sisters, were they were they were some folks, they were elderly folks. The average age was like 119 years old trying to protest. Go home. Yeah, here's the funny part. Uh, we were so worried about them protesting. The imam was like, please take them water. I'm like, what kind of protest is that you're gonna feed the protesters? But he did it. So let me keep this moving also, brothers and sisters. I also want to give a thanks to my daughter. You know, my daughter is one of those young ladies, beautiful lady, cover, she's in the Dean, but I get this feeling every once in a while that she's a lot smarter than I think she is. Let me tell you what happened. We're in a car, we're driving, uh, and this is what happened. I look in the rearview mirror, I see the lights, it's a police officer behind me. Now I tell my daughter, relax, daddy knows the routine. I'm telling her, hey, listen, relax, this is what you do. Make sure you have on your seatbelt. Don't say anything. This is adults talking. Relax. Policeman comes up to my window. He taps on the window. Bang, bang, bang. I look up. He's like, like, roll it down. I'm like, yeah, can I help you? He goes, license and registration. I give it to him. And he looks at me. He goes, do you know why I pulled you over? And I said, because I'm a good black, good looking black man that's Muslim. He said, yes, but not that. Uh, he goes, the reason I pulled you over, because you were speeding. And I'm like, what? He goes, you were speeding. I'm like, no, I wasn't. He said, well, if you weren't speeding, then you were, catch this one, you were texting and driving. I said, dude, I was not texting and driving. He goes, you were texting and driving. Huge argument breaks out. Yes, you were. No, I wasn't. Yes, you were. No, I wasn't. Yes, you were. Finally, he goes, yes, you were. My daughter, alhamdulillah, jumps in the middle of the argument. She goes, Mr. Officer, you are wrong. And I was like, yeah, girl, get him. She goes, mm -mm, my daddy was not texting and driving. I was like, yes. She goes, mm -mm, he was reading his emails. But this is, I mean, that's the thing that makes it interesting. You know, that's why I love this religion because I didn't start out Muslim brothers and sisters. I didn't start out Muslim. I became Muslim. And some people say I got kicked out of Christianity, but that's the thing I want everybody to know. And, and I'm going to tell you guys, there's not a lot of differences sometimes in religion. Like what I like about this conference is we are not going to have a fundraiser doing my set. Alhamdulillah. I can see and feel in your presence throughout this crowd, brothers and sisters. Some of you have been to some very traumatic fundraisers. And let me tell you, there is a fine line between a fundraiser and a hostage situation. I've attended both. 
I went to one fundraiser, and let me tell you, every religion has a fundraiser. Before I was Muslim, I was Christian, and they had a fundraiser that would come on every Sunday. She wasn't a fundraiser, she was the treasurer of the church. Her name was Miss Lucinda Bell Jones, and she was 78 years old. And the reason why she was up there, she was 78 years old, was you couldn't get mad at her. Every Sunday, she would come and tell the church how much money they didn't have. Every Sunday, it looked like this. She would walk out, she'd be like, Good morning, church. Mm -hmm. um, good morning, babies. How you doing? My name is Mr. Cindy Bell Jones. Mm -hmm. I have been the treasurer here at Alapatmos Church for over 45 years. Mm -hmm. The church has been here for 30. Praise Jesus. Now, you know, we've been trying to build a nursing on this school for the babies since 1952. And praise Jesus, we are very close to raising the amount of money. Let me tell you how we were blessed. Mm -hmm. We had a bake sale to raise money. And whatever Lord, whatever Jesus gives you, whatever God give you, be happy, babies. We had a bake sale. We sold cookies. We sold cupcakes. We sold ho-hos. We sold donuts and hot chocolate. And praise the Lord, we raised a whole $89.14. Praise Jesus. And you just were proud of it. You were happy for it. Now, the Muslim fundraiser is different. I don't know where we get our fundraisers from, but they're good. They are good. In fact, one guy was fundraising. It wasn't even actual fundraising. He was trying to raise money for a parking lot after Juma. And he was talking about the parking lot like he was a real person. I walked in, he was like, brothers, brothers, we have to have love for the parking lot on which we park. We have to soothe the parking lot. It needs asphalt. It's upkeeping. It goes to the fact of the matter that even the asphalt wants to have swag. And I'm like, oh, that is amazing. And the funny part was, I got so excited. He was asking for money. This is what happened. True story. I reached in the wrong pocket to give him some money. I was going to give him two $20 bills out of my left pocket, not thinking, getting emotionally caught up. I reached in my right pocket, pulled out two $100 bills, put it in a basket, and I was panicked. I was like, oh, snap, because I needed that money. And so it was funny. I'm watching the basket go around, and I walk up, and I'm trying to be real cool, low-key with the man. I'm like, hey, man, wow, you gave a powerful, powerful appeal for the parking lot. Man, man, Allah bless you. But look here. Mm, I was so excited and caught up in the whole thing. I meant to give you $40, messing around and gave you $200. He looked at me with a straight face. He goes, mashallah. I was like, brother, I'm new to this religion, but I don't know what Arabic is. Or I need $160 and change, but we need to work it out. And that's the other thing too, brothers and sisters. I don't know who came up with the whole process of becoming, and I'm going to say this. I hope nobody gets upset. It's a wonder that I actually made it this far to be Muslim. Let me tell you why. Because back in the day, before there were smartphones and computers and, and apps and all that stuff, back in the day, brothers, you wanted to be a Muslim dog on it. You had to work hard to get the information. You know, that's why I always respect the nation of Islam because they were all in, always in the community giving out information. But you had to work hard to get the information. In fact, you know, they, we say we are the religion of peace. When I was coming up in this, in this religion, I thought we were the religion of pamphlets. 
We would give a pamphlet for everything. Uh, brother, got a toothache? Here's a pamphlet. Uh, brother, you want to make umar? Here's a pamphlet. Hey, brother, you want to, you want to, uh, you, 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 your diet? Here's a pamphlet. And the brothers would always give you pamphlets. The funny part was there was never order to the pamphlet in terms of your experience with Islam. The pamphlets would be mismatched. One brother gave me a pamphlet. He gave me two pamphlets. And I was worried. The first pamphlet was marriage, and the second pamphlet was <laughs> Janaza. I was like, oh my gosh, brother, are you trying to tell me something? But I'm gonna hear you this. And I'll share this. When I became Muslim, I will always remember it because you don't get to do it twice. I remember it because there I was about to become Muslim and it was an accident. Y'all know this story. You know, I'm in the basketball, I'm on a basketball court, a black man in a bow tie walks up to me from the nation of Islam and he says something that changes my life. And I'm gonna tell everybody in the audience, if you want people to leave you alone, if you wanna spook people, learn how to talk like the nation of Islam brothers from 1950. They scared all of America and never went to jail. And I figured out the secret brothers and sisters. The secret is whatever they say, you gotta say it twice. Whatever they say, you gotta say it twice. And this brother walked up to me and this is what he said, changed my life. He looked at me, he goes, oh, black man, black man. My brother, my brother. Yes, yes. Young soldier, young soldier. You guys are laughing, I'm gonna tell you this. It works. That's how I got my wife. I didn't even need a Wally. I walked right up to that woman and I said, oh, my sister, my sister. I'm gonna marry you, marry you. We're gonna have babies, have babies. Yes, yes. But the fact of the matter is, there I am and I wind up taking my Shahada. Now, here's the thing that I believe is the most one of the most unique things about us. I don't know who came up with the whole thing about taking your Shahada in front of the people, but it is genius. It is strategic genius. Let me set it up for you as a person about to take their Shahada. Here's the deal. You're standing in front of the masjid, in front of a bunch of people you don't know. And here's the deal. Everybody in that masjid, that masala, everybody knows what's about to happen except you. You're the last one. And I'm sitting there with the imam and he's telling me what I need to say. And I'm nervous I have to say it in Arabic, but he says, you can say it in English and I help you in Arabic. I'm like, thank God, it's not, I appreciate that. And I'm sitting there and I go through the English. I go through the Arabic. I think I'm done brothers and sisters. This brother, out of nowhere, after I take my shot, it just jumped up and this is what he yells. He yells, take beer. And 500 people are like, Allahu Akbar, take beer. Allahu Akbar, take beer. Allahu Akbar. And I'm sitting there knowing nothing going, yo, that is amazing. In fact, I'm thinking that's gonna happen every time I walk in a masjid. So I like him, brother, take beer. But it didn't happen that way. And I'm sitting there after this thing happened, I'm saying to myself, that is amazing. And I'm like, yo, if I stick in this religion long enough, maybe long enough, one day, one day, one day, one day, I'm gonna to get to be the tack beer guy. And there I was for two years plotting on how to be the tack beer guy. I'm going to Juma and I'm going to Juma after Juma after Juma. And one day I said, Today, I'm going to get my tack beer in. I don't care what the imam says. I'm going to get my tack beer in. I don't care if somebody falls down the steps. I'm getting my tack beer in. 
an imam said something that I thought was remotely, uh, you know, mildly inspirational. And I jumped up and I said, pack beer. And nobody said anything. And I was like, I can't believe you're going to let me just hang out like that and not say nothing. But nobody said anything. But that's the beauty of it. And I, I had a friend, you know, and you're a young Muslim, you're impressionable. I had a friend, I thought he was a sheikh. His name was Abdullah Black. And I thought he was a sheikh because he had a long beard. And it was funny because we we're walking around DC and he didn't know anything about Islam. He had taken his shahada like three weeks before me. And I'm like, hey, you hear that? That's your don. He's like, is that what that is? And we were walking down the street. We go into the masjid. Everybody saw the beard. They were hypnotized. And they're like, brother, lead the prayer, lead the prayer. I was like, dude, I haven't seen you pray in three weeks. He's like, preach, shut up. These people love me. And we're sitting up there. And all I want to say, brothers and sisters, as we close, that was the longest Asa prayer I have ever been a part of. It's 50 people behind my friend Abdullah Black. We're sitting behind him. That Asa prayer had to be 27 minutes. We're just sitting there. He's looking behind like, He didn't even slam out. He just turned around. He was like, y'all good. <laughs> Listen, brothers and sisters, enjoy the rest of the conference. Thank you so much for being a part of my experience. I hope each and every one of you is blessed by Allah subhanahu Allah. This is your brother, Preacher Moss. Much love. And if we do it again, we do it again. See you next year. This is your brother. Assalamu alaikum. Wa